Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. Hey, I love your hair. Don't ever touch it. Judd Zolgad. I see you're drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you're not. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. There's a very explosive play. It's a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Deep down the middle, Adam Thielen running free in the secondary. They throw to Diggs. Is it a catch and is it in the end zone? Yes and yes. Bradford throws to the goal line. Touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. Well, savor that while while it lasted because Sam Bradford has just been placed on injured reserve. The Vikings made it official last hour. Injured reserve for Sam Bradford, which probably ends his Vikings career. Uh, like he's, I, I don't really see a scenario in which he plays for the Vikings ever again. I don't know if if, if you've racked your brain enough to come up with one. No, he, in which he does. He's but, done here. But he's probably done. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, we were talking about this during one of the commercial breaks. Where did you see that nugget that Sam Bradford has had someone else finish a season that he started? Albert for him? Breer uh, tweeted that uh, that he is that this is his eighth season, and in four of those years, he, he has not been able to complete God. his his year. And I believe all four are knees, right? Yeah. Because he tore the knee. He tore the knee. He came back in the preseason the next year. He tore the knee again. Missed the entire season. He's going to miss the end of this year, and then there, there must be one, one more. But 50% of the time, he mm. has not been able to complete his year because of a knee. And we get so caught up, in some ways rightfully so, with quarterbacks or really like any athlete in, in any sport with you know things like arm strength or whatever the, the, the physical tools are, like power for a, for a hitter, uh, speed, you know, Byron Buxton. And one thing that I just don't think it's talked about enough, but it should, is availability. Just being available on a regular basis and not being hurt or not having knee injuries. And some of it's just freak luck. Like, if if someone barrels into your knee, like Tom Brady is legendarily available, except for that one season where in week one in mm-hmm. the first half mm-hmm. against the Kansas City Chiefs almost 10 years ago, or I guess exactly 10 years ago, he took a hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Castle had to play. But that's the thing. Like Brian Dozier, one of his main qualities, aside from power and some speed and now a gold glove at second base, he's just available all the time. The guy has played 150 plus games and he plays every hurt. year pretty much. He plays hurt too. Yeah, he grinds through it. So Sam Bradford, we can talk about how accurate he is. We can talk about when he's healthy and things are good in the offensive line. Look what happened in week one, that highlight we just played mm-hmm. from the Saints game. But the fact is, if you can't stay on the field, Brett Favre stayed on the field for 20 years. Tom Brady, the better part of 20 years, on the field. Peyton Manning had the neck injury, but when he was in a season, 
Peyton Manning stayed on the field. Aaron Rodgers, until the collarbone, you know, he plays through stuff, stays on the field. Sam Bradford can't stay on the field. He and the the thing too is uh because of the position he plays and because of the potential, and this is the amazing thing. Bradford's eight years in. In fifty percent of those years, he, he has been unable to conclude his season. Nonetheless, because of the position he plays, he will get another chance. I'm not saying he's going to get a huge contract, but he'll get a two or three year deal. Someone will, will sign him, and they're justified because one, it is so hard to find quarterbacks and two and this has been true much to the detriment of the league this year it is so hard to keep them upright yeah i mean if you look at the league i don't know what they're going to do and perhaps they can't do much but if you look at you talk about bad for business look at that league this year as much as as viking fans are rejoicing right now when brent hunley is playing quarterback for the packers Bad for business. I told you a week ago, I sat down and watched the majority of Seahawks Texans. And I came away from that game saying, if I have the chance to watch the Texans again, it's must see. Watson is so much fun, so good. Wednesday of that week, knee blows out. And I don't know if there's an answer here, and there might not be, but that is the one position where it is not good for this league whatsoever to have um, Savage playing for for Houston or Hunley playing for Green Bay. I think uh, Sam Bradford's kind of the Derrick Rose of the NFL, where at his best, at his peak, you could you could see that MVP caliber guy. Now, Derrick Rose did put it all together for one year. I don't think he was the most valuable player in the year that he wanted. I think LeBron James was the best player in the world, and the Bulls just happened to be the team that, you know, that rode the wave, and Derrick Rose is their best player. But, like, Derrick Rose, when healthy has been an MVP caliber player. He was also the number one overall pick uh, in his draft. So you see that talent. But, God, like, if you can't stay on the court, Derrick Rose missed a full season once and then missed all, almost all of the next season, 70 games. I mean, yep, that's Sam Bradford right. right there. Can't stand there. And then when you when you bring him in, whether you're Chicago or the Knicks or Cleveland, this he's already missed games for Cleveland this year. Mm-hmm. Like, you're th- in 29 years old. They were both kind of drafted around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's just a lesson that we shouldn't get fooled by talent. Durability matters almost as much as talent in some ways. Like you have to have a certain amount of talent, right? And arm strength as a quarterback, or ability to hit shots in the NBA, right? Uh, or whatever the skills are for for a pitcher. Like Brett Anderson's another guy. You know Brett Anderson, that left-handed pitcher who's who was the, the A's. Yes, I think he was a second-round draft pick. He wasn't the number one pick like a Sam Bradford. Yep. But every bleeping year, teams give Brett Anderson either a minor league contract or a roster spot, thinking, man, like when he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's. it's been seven years. He can't pitch more than 10 games in a season. Like his arm, whatever it but, is, but poten- whether it's training, it doesn't work. But but guys guys like that are, are so tough because potential is always there. I mean, there are st- there is going to be probably at least four teams that look at Bradford right now and say, yeah, but... The potential's still there. He's eight years in. He has proven he can't stay on the field, but when he does, it's enticing. And He's actually eight seasons in. He's nine years in if you count the year that he missed due to injury. But look at this, Phil. Pitching, quarterback play. It's these premium positions at at which potential outweighs the reality of the situation, which is if you can't play, you should say forget about it, but instead you say, yeah, but what if? 
what if he finally stays healthy yeah. for us? And, and Bradford might be 10 years in, and it still might not yeah. happen. And actually, you're right. My math is off. It was 2010, not 09 was the draft pick. But, um, but like to your point, if you give Sam Bradford anything more than just like a trial contract going forward, if you're the idiot team that gives him a Mike Glennon $15 million a year contract, then you deserve to to get fired at the end of your tenure as a GM. Like you just do. You know, he's when he's healthy, he can be a gem, but that's why he has to be your backup now going forward. He just does. And if he can come in and spark you at the end of a season or something, or if yep. he happens to put together a full season, that's great. But yep. If you're the Vikings, it's so easy to move off him. Remember, as recently as three months ago, we were talking about Sam Bradford being the most likely candidate. Like, oh, you got Case Keenum and Bridgewater coming back, and what's going to happen? What's the most likely scenario? As recently as a few weeks ago, as recently as week after week one, mm-hmm. we were saying Sam Bradford's going to get a five-year deal. Like, Sam yes. Bradford's going to sign a multi-year contract extension and be the quarterback the franchise quarterback three, of the future. Three months ago or less, I said that if we have to talk about Teddy playing quarterback for for the Vikings in 2017, this franchise is in trouble. I firmly believed it. And then Bradford played great in, in the first game, and I thought to myself, yeah, you know what? This is going to work. This is going to be pretty good. He's He has had... He spent the entire summer, basically, having an offense designed for him. He and Shermer sat down, and they essentially designed this entire thing. Yeah. And if you had, if if before the Saints game, if you had sat me down and said, okay, Judd, here's what's going to happen. Bradford's going to play great in the first game. He's going to get hurt. Case Keenum's going to play in, play after him. Teddy is eventually go- going to come back. I would say they're in huge trouble. I'd say they'll be, you know, four and four. They'll be four and five. Uh, and for him and for for the Vikings. Now, where I give them credit, though, is I give Spielman and Zimmer credit in the fact that they learned from last year and they at least had a backup plan. Here's my question, though, now, because Bridgewater, I'm almost certain, is going to play at some point here. I think it's going to, it's it's certainly going to take place. But if we slow it down for one second, because I think now we're, we're into the excited stage of, oh, Teddy is coming back and this is going to happen. What is the real? What should be? I should say. What should be the realistic expectation here? Because I think I think we're getting now caught up in. Oh my God, he's back and he's going to play. And if he's going to play, what should be the realistic expectation now that he's probably going to play eventually? Nothing. Else. Let's let's talk more about that. We can do a few things. We can do our quarterback cesspool challenge this hour. Let's try to pinpoint realistic expectations for Bridgewater if and when he gets in. Uh, let's do that when we come back. And if people have thoughts, if you guys want to chime in on this, the phone lines are open. 651-646-8255. 877-615-1500. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. They're ready to go. It's a relief. It's like, okay, let's go. On 1500 ESPN. All right, back to your question from last segment. And yes. we can open this up, too, if you want to tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at 1500 ESPN. Judd, at 1500 ESPN. Really long tweets. Yes, 280 character in-depth scouting breakdown tweets. What are your expectations if Teddy Bridgewater, who was activated to the 53-man roster today, if he becomes the Vikings starting quarterback again, what do you expect? Like, what do you expect short-term, long-term, numbers-wise, whatever it may be? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. One thing to note, if you're worried about injury and you're worried about like the the fragile nature of Teddy after after a non-contact catastrophic knee injury. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, like I, there, it'll take three years of him playing full games and full seasons and taking hits before I even start to feel like, okay, maybe the knee isn't uh, broken. So there's always going to be that. But I would add to that conversation, you've got 40-year-old statuesque quarterbacks like Tom Brady this year, Brett Favre a few years ago. You can name a lot of other like fragile-looking or just plotting older quarterbacks in the NFL. Drew Brees is not exactly... I mean, he's a little bit more, I think, thick and stocky than than maybe Teddy Bridgewater. But it ain't like Drew Brees is is Cam Newton built. He's 38 years old now. And these guys are able to sit back there. They're not outrunning anybody. They've got 230-pound, 23-year-old transformers running around trying to behead them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're able to succeed in the pocket. Now, those are those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks I just mentioned. But my point is... You can be successful yep. without having to run a lot or be super mobile. Like you can be a forty-year-old guy and, Teddy, and sit back and and throw fifteen-yard passes. And before he got hurt, Teddy could run, but that that was not his default. He he ran to throw. Culpepper ran to run to to rush for yards. Right. In fact, he only like he gained two hundred yards. Yeah, that was not in his, his rookie season yes. rushing, but that wasn't Teddy yeah. never I, I never watched him play and said there's a quarterback who needs to run to be successful. I said there's a quarterback who's slightly more successful probably because he can run, but he did not his first option was not to rush four yards. Uh the Bridgewater thing to me conversation is intriguing because of this. One, it's it's okay. He's going to come back now. What should we expect from him? And the second part of that is how do you make this as smooth as possible for a six and two successful team? Which, by the way, revolves around the fact that your offense is improved, but your your defense is your main calling card. And so, so what I'm curious about here is, I don't for one second think that Case Keenum is going to get you to the playoffs and get really hot and be super successful. Case Keenum's done a really nice job. He'll do the first part. He will get you to the playoffs. He'll right. get you to the playoffs. But what I'm saying is I don't well, think he's going to get I don't think he's going to get you there and then he's going to take off and you're going to to make make a run. I think the transition to Teddy makes perfect sense. I also don't think though that you can just say, "Okay, uh we beat Washington and now we're going to start Teddy." I think you've got to be smart calculated and very certain of yourself when that transition takes place. And because I think what we're going to see now is, is we're either going to see the, the case truthers saying stay with case or, or we're going to see the Teddy band fans say, let's just make the move to him. I think it's somewhere in the middle of, of making this as smooth of transition as possible. But I think the transition is eventually going to happen for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be where Mike says. Well, I mean, Case is playing so well. I think Keenum has done a very good job, but I think there's also going to be people at Winter Park who realize full well that Keenum has done a very nice job. But to expect him to continue on is going to be asking a lot of a career backup. I'll give you a uh, yeah. Like I don't think that should be a debate. I honestly like I don't. I don't think Case Keenum should play the whole season. And if anyone is calling for that outside of, you know, another injury to Bridgewater, I think they're wrong. I just think I think he is what he is. And even in the fairly decent performances he's given you, they're not like they're not carrying the team to victory performances. He's just sitting in the vehicle and not crashing it. And I think you need more than that to beat the Seahawks in the playoffs, 
the, have you seen the Eagles and the Rams Absolutely. play this season? Yes, and I agree. You might with have you. to score 31 points to beat one of those teams. You might you might have to win a shootout against one of those teams, mm-hmm. even though you have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. So my short term expectation is Teddy should absolutely play because worst case scenario, well, best case scenario, he gives you a much higher ceiling than Case does because he's more accurate and just like there's a reason why he was a first round pick and Case Keenan was undrafted. Like there's just a flat out reason for that. Uh, but the worst case scenario is Bridgewater is not that good or not that ready or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You put Case Keenum back in. It's not that hard. Right. He's been doing that his entire career so far. Six five one six four six eight two five five. What's up, Tim? You're on the show. Yeah, I got an idea. Hear me out here. Um, they do this in college a lot. Why not put? Why not? Obviously, Teddy's going to be the quarterback of the future. Why not put him in one out of every three series here during the rest of the way, just to see how he goes. Throw some short passes. Just to get his feet wet over here, and just just if he more if it gets any better, just play it, play every other down, play every other series, whatever. Just why, why why is that not an idea? So like play two quarterbacks in a game, you're saying? Like a college system? Yeah, I I don't like I, that. I at hate all. that in college. I hate it even more in the NFL. Yeah, because the NFL is so much. There's so much speed defensively and. Things are even more choreographed in and the there's NFL. There's no flow than whatsoever. Like I think the playbooks are, and I'm not going to pretend to like be an offensive coordinator, but the playbooks in the NFL involve so much more timing and choreography and reads and checks at the line of scrimmage. You you almost have to immerse yourself in it against the defense that you're scouting and playing against yeah. to have a shot. And maybe sometimes something doesn't open up until the second half, right? Like, yeah, I don't. I, like I, it. I hate that idea. Uh, I think long term, we're talking about. Expectations for Bridgewater, short-term, long-term, 651-646-8255. He was activated to the 53-man roster today for those who are just joining. I think he's a 4,000-plus yard passer. If he's a 16-game you know, healthy starter, I think he's a 4,000-plus yard passer. I think people complaining about, well, he only threw 14 touchdown passes. I think that complaint goes out the window because he gets more chances to throw touchdown passes. In fact, he threw fewer overall passes than almost any other starting quarterback in the two years he was here because Adrian Peterson was on the roster. In fact, I'll get that for you. Like, a lot of quarterbacks are throwing 600-plus passes in a season. Yep. Teddy threw 440 in 2015. Like, he's just not throwing as many passes. I think he's a 25-plus touchdown guy, super high completion percentage. Does that get him up into, like, the top five range? Probably not, but I think he flirts with top 10 caliber quarterback in the NFL. I told you this... Yesterday, I honestly believe, too, that the day, and, and this is going to take a transition of him getting some playing time and, and becoming comfortable again, but when that happens, I firmly believe that this offensive system fits him way better. And it's not just a Peterson thing. The short passes, intermediate passes, you throw deep, but you don't throw deep consistently. Everything that you're going to do, and especially in, in 18 when Cook comes back, everything that Bridgewater is going to be asked to do fits his potential skill set. And it didn't in, in 15. There were a lot of things that he was asked to do basically to just get by that now will be morphed into what he does well. Yeah. 651-646-8255. Hey, Steve. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, you know, preface it by saying I love Jed. Absolutely love him. I think he did phenomenal given, you know, how pathetic our offensive line was, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we're even talking about bringing Teddy back unless it is absolutely necessary. I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think, you know, Keenum has done a really good job. Um, I, I, I'm a believer in the fact that you don't make any changes when things are going well. I think, you know, again, when you look at the fact that, that 
Teddy's probably lucky to even be activated, you know, given how severe that injury was. It's going to take time for him to, to kind of get back into the swing of things. I, I think what they got to do is, is take their time. Um, if they need to bring him in in an emergency situation, that's one thing. But I can't see any way you bring Teddy back unless, you know, it really becomes an emergency. You set your sights on next year. He is the quarterback of the future. And I think to take a chance on bringing him back because we might lose a game or two and we're panicking about, you know, making the playoffs or, or finishing well is ridiculous. Thanks for your time. So thank totally you. disagree with everything Steve just said. Well, respectfully, we th- thank you for the phone call. There's a couple things at work here. First of all, first of all, I firmly believe that Case Keenum and this defense, much more importantly, can get you to the playoffs. My point is when you get there and you start to face competition that's very good, do I think that this offense led by Keenum can win playoff games? My answer is no. The second thing is don't forget if you sit him now and you say, Teddy, we're really glad you're back. See you in 2018. Are you really going to sign him to a long-term potential contract extension without seeing him? I mean, there's a lo- there's he's, a lot of reason to play him. He's been cleared by doctors. He's been activated. So basically, he's been cleared multiple times at multiple steps by doctors. Mm-hmm. He's been activated to the roster, which means he's a free agent now after the year. They can't now, like, there's there's no way they can toll his contract anymore. I, I saw Blake Barrett's tweeting about this, that because he's been activated to the roster. The precedent is, yes. That's, that that the, that the, that he becomes a free agent now, that his contract expires after this year. Toll, yeah, I agree. So, like, if you don't play him, somebody else will next year, unless you want to pay up. So you might as well see what you got this year. That's that's only one argument for it. Yes. Uh, another argument here is, to your point, the, the Vikings defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl right now. We are in the... This is this is rarefied air for Vikings fans who were born after the Purple People Eaters defenses. Only about two or three times in my lifetime have you been able to say that defense can win a Super Bowl if the offense is just good enough. And right now the offense is just good enough to maybe take it to the playoffs, probably not beat Philadelphia and also the Rams and also Seattle or the Patriots in succession mm-hmm. because Case Keenum is basically Brad Johnson. Now, if you want to roll the dice, you got a Case Keenum's a Ford Focus, and I love like Ford Focus. It's fine. It's going to get you from point A to point B. Yeah, I sort of like Ford Focuses. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, you need something a little more luxurious, something with an upgrade. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater might also be a Ford Focus. We don't know. Like he, you got to take the training wheels off of him. But he has the upside of a Porsche or something much more luxurious. Keenum does not. He's not accurate enough. Again, there's a reason why he was undrafted, even though he led the entire history of college quarterbacks in passing yardage and set a bunch of records. Right. He's not accurate enough and good enough to be anywhere near like what Matt Ryan was last year, a Tom Brady, a Ben Roethlisberger. Bridgewater might not be either, but there's a lot more ceiling there. That's the argument. You got a defense that can win a Super Bowl. Put the best quarterback on the field with it, and it's Teddy Bridgewater if he reaches the upside. I think the the only really, to me, intriguing part of this conversation in reality is this. What is the best, smoothest transition from Keenum to Teddy? Like, I don't think this is... You, you, can, you can say all you want about, well, they're 6-2, and two and okay, but take the first half against Cleveland. That loses you a playoff game. For you're, sure. You're probably done. You're down the first like half. Like Collar said yesterday, you're down 21 rip to the Rams if if he performs like that against the Rams. The yes. first half against Baltimore, you are now done. 
Now, if you looked at this conference and you said to yourself, okay, there are three teams that we can't beat. Ooh, more breaking news. Okay. Quickly, if you said there's three teams we can't beat, then you might say, all right, well, we're not going to make the transition as quickly. Philadelphia is the best team. And guess what? I think if you match up against the Eagles, you got a chance. So there, there is a lot of motivation here to see what you've got if you think this quarterback is better than I do. Mm. I'm just going to read you some tweets from Mike Zimmer's press conference here. Courtney Crowen in ESPN.com, uh, this Pioneer Press is a kind of a, a compilation here. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer says Teddy Bridgewater is ready to play now, but Keenum will start against the Redskins this weekend. Who will start going forward will be decided on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> yep. Uh, Zimmer said it's too early to say if the Vikings want Bradford back next season, but uh, Zimmer does love Sam. Yeah. Zimmer also said that Case and Teddy will dress on Sunday only, and uh, Kyle Sloter will not be active for the game. So yeah. Bridgewater will be right. active on game day and will be the backup yep. against the Redskins on Sunday. So, so he said, though, that Case will start on Sunday, and after that it becomes a week-to-week decision? Yes. Right. So he's going to start at some point yes. in time here. He's going to get the start. Yep, as he should. And Collar might be right. It might know, like, be what, against like, Detroit on Thanksgiving. I don't know. We 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 must have some aggressive beer goggles, quarterback beer goggles in this town. If we're that nervous about like, oh, what if we go away from Case Keenum? You know what it is, Phil? Oh, we're going to go away from Case Keenum. What? Ha- well, it's our. It's come on. It's our nature in this town to say, well, the team's successful. Why change things? Because it could and be I even think, more successful. I agree have with you that. Have seen the Eagles? But what I'm saying is, it go to me. It, it's not just a quarterback conversation. Our default in this town as sports fans is to be like, well, things are going well. Like he, this is like, in a vacuum. Yeah, Case Keenum. Like in a, in the in the vacuum of just watching Vikings games, Case Keenum hasn't been a disaster compared to the other 31 starting quarterbacks in the league. The guy you're chasing in the NFC right now has 23 touchdown passes and is going to win the MVP award, Carson Wentz. And got your first round pick for Sam Bradford. Yes. Like that's the bar. Okay, the guy the teams you're going to face in the yeah. playoffs. Case Keenum is not going to outduel, you know, barring a one a one in five shot, you know, that he that he breaks out like he did against a, a ravaged Tampa Bay team. So, no, if you had to ride him, could your defense win you a few playoff games maybe? But let's let's break free of the fear of Oh my God! If we go away from Case Keenum, like he'll be fine. He's been there before. Yeah, he can bring yeah, him he back can come in. Back in. Yep. All right, quarterback cesspool challenge. When we come back, Mackie and Judd, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Seems like the basis for a sitcom. Mackie and Judd. Why not? On fifteen hundred ESPN. All right. Yes. This has become one of our favorite segments. Yes, it has. The quarterback cesspool challenge, where every week we try to highlight and pinpoint the worst of the worst quarterback performances in the NFL. There's so many good ones to choose from. Yes, we have to recap week nine, make our picks for week 10, and uh, in the pick segment, the goal is for us to identify the worst quarterback. We can only pick each quarterback in the league one time, Mm -hmm. and uh, so we all wound up using Brian Hoyer before he was benched as starter, had a little celebratory moment last week, and uh, now it's kind of a race for everyone to pick C.J. Beathard before... Jimmy Garoppolo takes over the reins. But uh, let's start with highlighting the worst of the worst performances of Week 9. Dave Harrigan is the technical director of this segment. And this isn't even a highlight of the game. It's just like you knew as soon as this happened before the game that it was going to be a disaster. I want everybody to look at me. I'm going to pass this to Corn after I say one thing. That's a W. Let's eat one. Let's eat one. That's a W. 
Jameis Winston eating W's and eating incompletions <laughs> and then getting hurt. That was among the most disturbing things I've seen all week long. It's weird, yeah. The fingers like going he would have lost me if I was on the fence as a teammate. It's just oh, like the quarterback of the future. Yeah. I would have seen that 10 second clip and been like, no, nope, I'll just be requesting a trade now. <laughs> so Jameis Winston, the third worst quarterback of the week, according to ESPN's QBR. First and goal. Beathard tipped in the air and intercepted. Dansby with the pick. C.J. Beathard, mm-hmm. the second-worst quarterback of the week. And we should mention that wasn't tipped in the air. It was actually thrown off the helmet of his own offensive lineman. Oh, That's why better. it was deflected in the air. Even more delicious. But it's not Garoppolo time yet. <laughs> uh-uh. It's getting to be pretty close, right? Uh, so C.J. Beathard has played. Well, he started three games. He's played in four so far this year for the Niners. In a league in which most quarterbacks are up near like 65 or 70% completions, He's just over 50%, four interceptions in the three games, and has a passer rating of 62.7. A throwback to the 1970s. That's what C.J. Beathard Terry is. Terry Bradshaw? Exactly. Uh, and the absolute worst quarterback of the week, a savage performance by this Texans quarterback. Here's the game. Savage under pressure, had it batted away. The loose ball is batted around. The Colts cover it, and the Colts are going to win it. Tom Savage. Congratulations. You had the lowest and most embarrassing QBR. A 19 for 44 performance against the lowly Colts. A 43% completion rate. He didn't throw a pick, but (laughs) when you're you're throwing balls all over the field like that and completing 40%, yeah. Deshaun looked so good, and now they got to watch this clown. He was like legit MVP caliber, Deshaun Watson, if he had played the rest of the season. Yes, he was. Got uh, hurt in a practice. Yeah. So uh, those are your three worst quarterbacks of the week. As far as our competition, I was last week's loser. The performance of Drew Stanton wasn't quite the disaster that I was personally hoping for. <laughs> he outperformed your selections, C.J. Beathard and Andy Dalton. So yes. as far as punishments go, we reach into the uh, sack of punishments on a weekly basis. We have a backlog here. I'm on the hook for two of them, but we're waiting for Kenny to get back either this week or next week from vacation. So... I can grace everybody with some morning updates and uh, interact with Kenny in the morning. So have you tied me now at three de- at three defeats? Uh, let me see here. Three punishments? <laughs> I'm at three for sure. Dave, has, I've done them all. Dave is at three because Dave Dave is on the hook for uh, for a great Deshaun Kaiser performance from last yeah, week. Still mad about that. So we're thinking, we're thinking tomorrow maybe the Ric Flair kombucha challenge for Dave Harrigan. A Ric Flair robe pounding shots of kombucha. Dave's excited about this, though. I think it could be kind of fun. Kombucha works. Kitty cocktails. Now, running Whatever a board while like while drunk on kombucha might not be smiled upon by the powers that be upstairs. Yeah. But. Might sound awesome. <laughs> You're like Dave Harrigan here. Your traffic update. Yes. Uh, so, all right, gentlemen, that brings us to the uh, the picks all for right. the week here. And uh, I've got the number one pick. And as I was telling you guys before the show, sometimes in life, opportunity knocks. And your whole life... And all the preparation you put into it leads you to one specific moment. And you have to be ready to cash in. With that said, the number one pick for this week's quarterback cesspool challenge. I'll take Tom Savage at the Rams. Tom Savage. 
It looks like a very good pick right out of the gate. You can't argue with a number one overall selection here. Thrust back into a starting role last week against the Colts. He was 19-44 of 44 through the air with a touchdown pass. No interceptions. That doesn't sound great. But do remember, it was much worse than that because he did fumble on the final play of the game. That could have been a touchdown pass as they were deep inside the red zone. However, his fumble cost the Texans the game. This week, they head on the road to L.A. Tinseltown, they'll be taking on the tough Rams team and a tough Rams defense. They'd have better luck if Randy Savage was the quarterback. An outstanding pick to lead us off. And, he, and that would be a weekend at Bernie's performance by uh, Randy Savage, but I don't yeah. disagree with, with Yes, Dave it would there. be. All right. All right. Uh, Judd has the number two pick. Uh, with that second overall pick, I got to say, CJ, come on down. CJ Beathard. Wow, yet another week. He is a selection in the cesspool challenge, and you can't argue with the success thus far. Last week, under 50% completions. He did throw for 294 yards against the Cardinals, but no inter- uh, no touchdowns and did have one interception. Let's be honest. If you've watched any 49ers football, you've probably been drunk, but if you actually have seen him, you know he is a terrible quarterback. He's horrible. He's awful. He's brutal. He is C.J. Beathard and a guarantee great pick of the cesspool challenge. And and I got him and if I am not mistaken, the Niners might have a bye next week, so I got his last start probably. Yeah, for sure. Because Garoppolo yeah, will you. come in after the bye, so thank yeah. you very much. You got in there right at the last I second. Did, under yep. the gun. Steal of the draft, or maybe not, because I am going to take for the third pick. I cannot believe he hasn't been selected up until this point. Our neighbor to the east, Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley! A bit of a surprise that he hasn't been picked yet since taking over for Aaron Rodgers, but he has been picked this week. He is leading the Green Bay Packers. You'll look back at Monday Night Football, and that Packer offense did almost nothing until garbage time against a terrible Lions defense. This week, it's a trip to Chicago against a little better defense in the Bears. It could be a tough test for Hundley, but remember, this is what makes an interesting pick. He has learned from Aaron Rodgers, and of course, spent three years on of the tutelage of Mike McCarthy. Looks like a great pick. <laughs> so there it is. Those are your week 10 quarterback cesspool challenge picks. Uh, three punishments upcoming. We have a backlog and uh, we'll start dishing those out sometime in the near future. I paid my debt. That's all I know. You've been off the hook for a little while here, but uh, I don't know. I think I'm at three losses though. But I mean, am I really going to lose this week? Now, Beathard's playing the Giants, so there is a chance he comes through with a halfway decent game. Yeah, but he was playing. I mean, the Cardinals defense isn't what it was. You see, Jay Beathard. I'm mad at Drew Stanton. How does a career, how does he even have a job in the NFL and he doesn't melt down? He did throw one interception in the red zone, but. Accept your responsibility, Phil. I mean, Dave's mad at Kaiser. You're mad at Stanton. I understand that the quarterbacks who have cost me, it's my fault. I picked them. It's true. We all make choices in life. Exactly. It's true. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They love it. What a throw by Matt Stafford. I call that the turkey hole. Don't ask me why, but 
Brad Johnson taught me that a long time ago when I was coaching Tampa. He says, hey, coach, I think I can fit it between a corner and a safety. Look at that, the turkey. Well, why? Know. You don't know. You call the turkey Brad hole, Johnson but you don't called know why. It. But let me show you what the turkey hole is. It's the turkey hole. It's the area when the corner rolls up, there's a hole between the safety and the corner. It's not an easy throw. you got to be able to rifle it in there, Sean. And I had a quarterback here in Green Bay who was able to do that at a high level. But now Bart. I'm watching. That's right. I'm watching one here, Matt Stafford, who makes a living putting the ball right there in the turkey hole. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Phil Mackey. First of all, you're wrong about bunting. Bill, you're wrong about bunting. No. Judd Zolgad. Judd freaking Zolgad. <laughs> He's a problem. attitude is destroyed. Everything of our sports culture. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And out to Rice Park in St. Paul Saturday, November 18th for the Winter Skate Tree Lighting and Grand Opening. The festivities kick off at 3.30 in the afternoon with live bands and performances, reindeer photo opportunities, and more. Fireworks begin at 6.30 and the official ribbon cutting is at 7. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Mackie and Judd, 651-646-8255. Our friend Mike Golick Jr. will join the show in about 25 minutes or so. I'm getting ripped on Twitter here. Can't win with this Case Keenum conversation. What happened? Uh, Tevin chimes in. Mackie just compared Case Keenum to Brad Johnson. If memory serves me right, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl. That's true. Yeah. With the third greatest defense we've seen in the merger era in the NFL. That Buccaneers defense? Yeah, it's not that far off. Yeah. I mean, he came back and pl- played here, and it was very much th- the same thing. In fact, I would say that uh, Brad Johnson, round two here, Case Keenum is actually a, a more viable quarterback than Brad was his second time here because uh, Keenum's arm is far stronger. Brad could throw it into the turkey hole, though. Brad could not. I don't understand why Brad. Well, Gruden told, said. Why did he tell Gruden that he could not hit the turkey hole to save his life? Yes, he could. No, he could not. I saw him. I swear to God, training camp in 2005, the ducks that man threw were embarrassing. And I like Brad. Brad's and, a good guy. And actually, you know, it's it's very possible Brad Johnson in the prime of his career. So with Washington, after he left the Vikings the first time, with Washington and then with Tampa Bay. Yep. That he was a better quarterback then than Case Keenum is now. Now that's a different NFL in a lot of ways. I mean, that's it, it's a more oh, yeah, accurate but, NFL right now than it was then. Yeah, uh, that was all, so. Yeah, like, can you win a Super Bowl with a Case Keenum if your defense is good enough? Yes. Among is it likely? No. Um, is it more likely with a better quarterback? Among yes. the dumb things that that you've said, that one doesn't come close to the top of the list. <laughs> wow. Not even close. You want to do a rank them? <laughs> Come back for yeah. next Tuesday. The Giants the going to the Super Bowl and the Gophers winning <laughs> now, nine games now in the there, same there week. Predicting Thank those you. Things. You're the one that says Johnson can't get it into the turkey hole. Can't, can't <laughs> wow. get that. You can't get near the turkey hole. Just gonna let that one sit there for a second. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, Randy in Cottage Grove. What's up, oh. Randy? Oh, hey guys. I, I I guess you must be a little hungry, huh? You got you guys working up a little appetite. Uh, yeah, we're uh, all this talk about turkey holes has us yeah, well, uh, real hungry. You know, you know what else you're going to be eating is some crow. Okay, you guys are going to eat crow right now. Okay, hmm. because who called it? Who called it? Uh, we uh, we we cut Bradford right. Okay, why do you think we did? 
Well, they didn't cut him. They they they, they put him on him. injured reserve, okay. but okay, that's not, yeah. there is a difference. That, that, that's what we call semantics, okay? But they 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 put him they put him on the IR. He's effectively done as a Vike, okay? Happy trail, Sam. Because who do we cut him? Who we could put now? Who who's the guy we were afraid to lose? Okay? Well, I would say who, Teddy Bridgewater is the one that yeah replaced him on no, the run. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. No, we we definitely do have an embarrassment of riches at QB for sure. But right now we got Case. Okay, we got Teddy, and we got a guy who I'm telling you guys what, when we got him off, when, when Denver cut him, when they cut him, we said, uh-uh, no, no, you ain't going to, we're going to pay you more than any practice squad guy is getting, way more than practice squad guys get, and we stash him away. And that's a guy by the name of Kyle Slaughter, okay? And now we got him. Now he's here. Now he ain't going anywhere. We got, like I said, embarrassment of riches. So this offseason, you know, other teams, you just get in line, okay? Just start to go to us and say, here's my best offer. Because right now, this is like a fantasy football team with three studs, okay? I don't even know which way we're going to go. I'll tell you what, right now, we're going to win this weekend with Case, okay? We're going to ride him. We're going to ride him. And it ain't going to be till we lose because we ain't going to lose again the rest of the way, okay? We're going to ride Case. We're going to switch it up with Teddy, maybe even bring in Slaughter just to change up the look because we are playing in the Super Bowl in SS. spinning a bit after that call. <laughs> I, I see it crystal clear. I don't know what you're talking about. They're going to go three-headed monster at quarterback. And they're going to... Now, you've had the two-headed monsters at quarterback, right? With like Hostetler and Sims. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, um, like Brad Johnson and Sean King, right? Wasn't that one of them? I'm sure it was, yeah. Yeah, you had day, uh, yeah. Kurt Warner, and then you kind of went back and forth there with... Uh, what was his name? The other guy that did a Vikings game a couple weeks ago. Uh, the guy that Kurt Warner replaced. Trent Green. Trent Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I could see it. Can you get all three on the field at the same time? Well, you could line up a disinterested quarterback in a wildcat formation, like the Jay Cutler shoulder slumping. Uh, so you could definitely do that on both sides of the field and put a quarterback under center if you wanted to. I didn't realize that, that our guy has been uh, scouting Kyle Slaughter. Floater. Well, he did. To his Slaughter. credit, he, uh, Randy did call in, I think it was a month or two ago, yeah. and raved about Kyle Slaughter. Yeah. Well, and said that, that the Vikings should just cut Sam Bradford. And okay, so I had forgotten about that call. I like to apologize. Yeah. Completely forgotten about it. Uh, I did find on the Teddy Bridgewater front. I found this nugget from 2015 for all the touchdown pass truthers out there. Well, he only threw 14 touchdown passes. He also only threw 447 passes over 16 games because they decided that handing the ball off to running backs like Matt Asiata and Adrian Peterson on a regular basis was optimal strategy. Yep. Uh, so if you look at touchdown percentage, so percentage of your throws that are that are touchdowns, uh, Bridgewater was 21st in overall attempts. As far as touchdown percentage, uh, the numbers were a little bit better for him uh, than they would line up like if you just you know compared the overall right. touchdowns to to the pass attempts. So I don't know. I mean, like I don't really care that he only threw fourteen touchdowns. I'm also, I think he's a better quarterback than Case Keenum if he's healthy. That's what I was going to say. Is is to me that this is not a conversation about uh, that Teddy's going to step in and be a Pro Bowl quarterback. To me, the the conversation is the very simple question: How far do you think Keenum can take you once you get to the playoffs? 
Now Teddy might not as far either. As your defense wants to go. Yeah, and, but but Teddy and and there's a there's a fighting chance that Teddy gets you into the playoffs and fails himself. I don't know. But if I'm going to pick a quarterback and say, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to guess that this guy has a better chance to run the offense efficiently in a playoff game." I'm going to guess Bridgewater. Yep. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We have Mike Golick Jr., our friend from ESPN Radio, in about twenty minutes from now. PJ Fleck. Let's get to this when we come back. PJ Fleck calling out the Patrick Royces of the world, not by name, but he had some interesting things to say about critics and negativity and those types of things. We'll play that audio when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd. First of all, I just got to say, I I shudder to consider myself a Packer fan because I love my Green Bay Packers, but when I think about Packer fans, I kind of shudder because uh, I just associate it with dummies. I mean, these people, they, they think that they're you-know-what, don't stink, and they know everything. 